everybody, welcome back into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for Snap Judgments on the podcast. That's Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. The Buckeyes are back to work, boys. We're back to work. <laughs> it's fun, man. We just get to walk out there in the morning. It's it's about a million degrees on the, the even on the outdoor field, but you get to watch football type stuff happening, yeah. right? And that's what that's why we do this, right? That's all we asked for. And then a, just a little bit, a hint of breeze. Uh, yeah, a, a nice reprieve as I'm pouring sweat. I'm looking over at Paris Johnson, and I'm sweating more than he is. Yeah, they were they were working hard out there. Working not don't have the full pads on yet. Acclimating back in with the first couple days, three practices, then Sunday off, and then really uh, ramping up next week. Uh, what do we think we learned? We had some observations that uh, Bill and I made. Those are already posted uh, to rivals and dotting the eyes, and I think it started you know for you as it always does with those big guys up front. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of the group that is sort of right in front of us for, for a viewing period, so it's hard for them not to be sort of front of mind. And, I, you know, <laughs> I always think about them. Anyway, I, I wouldn't say a ton of surprises in terms of who was lining up where. It was really good, I think, to see Josh Fryer out there just doing stuff. He wasn't out there in the spring. I mean, you looked at that group in the spring, and you didn't see him there. You thought to yourself, like, man, this is this can get kind of hairy in, in a hurry if, if they were to lose somebody. Now you see him out there, I think you feel a little bit better about that. You see Zen Mohowski, a, a kid who looks like he's developing physically, I think at the rate that you'd want him to, if, if he's a guy you look at and say, like, maybe 2023, 20, if you need a tackle, he can help you out. So seeing those two guys there was good. All the freshmen were at tackle, which surprised me a little bit. I thought maybe one or two of those guys might start off at guard, but they're light at tackle too. If you took, there were three true freshmen out there, Avery Henry, Tegger Shabola, and Carson Hensman. And if you remove those three, they only had four other tackles. So, <laughs> so they're a little light on bodies, but, but overall I thought, I thought it was a group that, that looked the way you'd want them to look and, and it looked a little deeper than they did in the spring. I thought it was telling that as Ryan Day evaluated that first day and he was asked about the offensive line, that first group. So, there's a center who's built like a center. It's, There's two it's, guards. It's like this. There's two <laughs> guards who look like guards. And then two long tackles. Like What a novel concept. Uh, they did line up just as we thought they would. Paris Johnson, Donovan Jackson, Luke Whippler, Matthew Jones, and Dewan Jones. Uh, just interesting to note yeah. that they're actually lining up without four tackles this year. Yeah, which... Who knows? Maybe that works out for him this time around. Uh, it, it wasn't terrible a year ago, right? I mean, it just it wasn't a line that could get a push when you needed a, a yard yeah. sometimes against a good defensive line. So you hope that with these more road grader type guards, you get that sort of uh, that push that you look for. To me, I was looking at the, the other side of the ball, the defensive line. I was really liked what I saw out of just the physical stature of Hero Canoe, Omari Abor, even Kenyatta Jackson, who's a bit slender, mm-hmm. uh, but he's a guy that, is, as an edge rusher, you're going to really see used in different ways. And then Caden Curry, who was out, you know, working some with the punt return. I think he did a little bit with the linebackers. He did some stuff with the defensive line, and that's what you get for a player like him. He's in that tweener, six two and a half, six three, two hundred thirty five pound range. You just try to figure out how you put his motor on the field and you let him go from there. But I, I liked what I saw out of the defensive line group. Everyone's moving like last summer, last spring, last last summer. We'd see, and anytime Zach Harrison moved around, you could see he was a little stiff, like yeah. the back was hurting. And yeah. everyone seemed to be pretty nimble and, and obviously first day, but it looked like everyone was out there that needed to be out there and not, you know, Tyler Friday. You got no lingering effects from that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. ready to go. Yeah, I spent all uh, of my time on Thursday morning with, with the defense, watching the defense. And beyond that, I mean, Amari Abor, uh, he was the, he looks like a freak. I mean, he's he's huge. They don't make people like him very often. 
you know, it's obviously going to take some time. He's still got the black stripe on. This was day one, but he caught my eye immediately with just the physique. The, the guy's impressive. But when you moved past that, the defensive line, and you saw the linebackers working, just, you know, installing some three linebacker sets. That's not going to be what uh, Jim Knowles does primarily. I think you can expect to see Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers out there the majority of the time. But when they went to that heavier package, which is, sounds kind of crazy because that's the traditional way that defense is played, uh, you know, Taraja Mitchell was out there. And I, I don't know that I would have necessarily expected that uh, on day one, that second group that was coming in. We saw Chip Trainum. Uh, Cody Simon was in the middle. He was healthy again after that shoulder injury at the end of last year. And then uh, Pali Ie Neoteote. Thought that was interesting just to break down those those top six guys going through, uh, how they wanted to line them up, and then to see Josh Proctor running around again. You know how much that uh, meant to him. He was smiling all spring just when he got to you know, be around and put on pads, even when they didn't let him hit people. Uh, he looked good physically, as he always does. Uh, Ronnie Hickman running around, and this this guy in a new 13 number. Hmm. Who was it? His name is Cameron Martinez. Looks good. Yeah, very, very impressive. He was going through in that second wave there uh, at safety. Going to be playing in the nickel with Tanner McAllister, uh, probably rotating there, and then also getting you know some run as the punt returner. So you can you can just sort of see. Berm can talk about this and probably write. I know, never would. You know, <laughs> to, to greater length. Be a but, first. Cameron Martinez, that push seems to be coming now. I'm mostly excited about seeing him at punt returner. Like, I, I do think long-term he's going to be a really good nickel here. I wonder what that breakdown is going to look like with he and Tanner McAllister, and I think it will evolve as it goes throughout the year. But he can make a difference for this team immediately if they put him on special teams and let him return kicks. Berm, how long was his touchdown highlight tape in high school? It was nine minutes <laughs> Nine long. minutes of touchdowns. Oh, no, no, that was just a senior year, not his oh, sorry, entire high school year. career. Nine minutes of touchdowns from that young man. Uh, in one season. Year. Yeah. Just super dynamic with the ball in his hands. Yeah. So put the ball in his hands. And and <laughs> they have a thing here where they typically just kind of put whoever their best offensive skill player is at, at punt returner. Because they just want you to catch the ball. They just want you to catch the ball. It's never really been treated as a weapon. But if they ever wanted to, Cam Martinez is that guy. Yeah, they probably should. Because guess what? He, he is an offensive guy. He's an offensive guy, but he's also one of nine or 10 guys at safety who, you know, that was one of the things for me today, looking out there and you, and you think, boy, this team lost a lot of guys in the secondary transfer portal, that kind of stuff. And then you're like, we have the six guys we've already talked about this week, you know, with Ronnie Hickman and, and Josh Proctor and Tanner McAllister and Court Williams and Cam Martinez and, and Lathan Ransom. But then I'm telling you, Kai Stokes is just, there's <laughs> something weird about Kai Stokes. And he, he just, in I a think, good way. I, I think he's going to have to find the, the field at some point. Yeah. And then you, you get sort of the experimental, like unicorn type player with Sonny Styles, where you're like, hey, I don't know what exactly he's going to do. Maybe he gets thicker and ends up at linebacker. But right now, it's six foot four, 220 pounds. He looks like a safety out there. And he's out there with the safety. So now you got this, this deep group. And, and Jim Knowles has said, and everyone around here said, this is going to be a safety driven defense. And you wonder, like, man, the safeties weren't really good a year ago. So let's see how much better they are. They just look like a much better group. Jim Knowles had no idea what he was doing when he said safety-driven defense in the spring. It's got to be the most used quote that has ever existed. It's sort of like it became this year's bullet. What's a safety-driven, safety-driven defense. but, but But you can believe it, right? Like, we didn't, like, the bullet didn't actually exist. 
And people are like, how can we describe this new scheme? <laughs> Jim, Jim, do you have an idea for us? Yes, safety-driven. You can say bullet-driven. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad I had three, yeah. three months off so that I didn't have to write it like 50 <laughs> times over Jack, the Jack, Leo, Jack, safety-driven. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll get to that probably as camp goes on. Uh, saw Jack Sawyer going uh, headline. Maybe it doesn't mean anything. Uh, he was out there with that first group as the defensive lineman went through the drills, just kind of running through some of the depth chart stuff that we saw. Uh, Jerron Cage, Teron Vincent inside at tackle. And then Javante Jean-Baptiste was the first guy uh, at the head of the line on the other end of the line with Zach Harrison behind him and JT Tuid-Molowau at third. I don't think that that depth chart pecking order will last very long, and no. maybe that's why it doesn't mean anything, but that's just how it went this uh, Thursday morning. I mean, I've always found Javante kind of fascinating. Yeah. You know, just look at his kind of build and his athletic profile. I think to yourself, like, if it ever came together, he can be a weapon for the defense. I don't, I don't think that it has, or at least to the point that maybe he's wanted to to, to, to this point. But I thought uh, it was going to happen last year. So I, I kind of felt that way too. I don't, and it's probably too much to read into on the first day of camp. But I suppose that could be a sign that, that, that the lights come on a little more for him. I think it's like when you have ten dudes who are all playing the same position and they're all pretty good. Someone has to go first. Someone has to go second. <laughs> yeah. Someone has to go third. But that's so, it. Just the, I guess the only reason I say that it jumped out was because like Zach Harrison's leadership was doing that, and he was yeah. like, "I'm going first for everything." Last year, the reason it doesn't stand out to me is because last year JT Tumaloa was going fifth or something, <laughs> and he was still played very early yeah. and very often. So yeah. I just think some guys are front of the line guys. Some guys are wait until everyone runs through guys, and it's yeah. it's not a. a I mean, I'm all for any sort of conspiracy theory we can come up with. Like, C.J. Stroud, maybe in the force, 14 seconds we saw today, Kyle McCord might have thrown the ball better. C.J. kind of missed one throw. Right. He, uh, missed, he threw it behind one. the receiver one yeah. time, and so Kyle McCord didn't. So there might be a quarterback controversy. So I'm all for any sort of controversy we can create. But this, no, one, I think, this one I think is a non-troversy. You know what I mean? Ooh, Ooh a non-troversy. It's great. Uh, we're probably going to be talking a lot more about Kyle McCord, though, as, as I hinted at uh, on the the daily, the podcast daily to get started for camp that, you know, the future of the quarterback situation remains very important and intriguing. And C.J. Stroud is not going to stay forever. And also, if you need a backup, you're going to have to, if whatever happens, at some point through 15 games, you might need somebody to come off the bench. Uh, who knows for how long? Uh, but Kyle McCord. Looking impressive. Had a good offseason. Uh, I think Bill's going to probably write about that a little bit later on. Anything else that uh, jumped out to you that we've got to talk about now here on Snap Judgments? I would just mention G. G. Scott Jr. Just I, I mentioned at the burn when we came out from watching practice, I said G looked like a tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he posted on his social media that he's like a 240 now. He's listed as 235. He just looks noticeably bigger than he looked last year, than he looked in the spring. Um, and, and honestly, I never knew if he'd get to that point. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe he might be sort of sort of at his ceiling physically and be more of like a 230-pound tight end. Um, it turns out not. I, I think he, he's a little bigger than that now and, and certainly looked the part. And then Cam Babb, too, uh, just looked smooth, uh, explosive, comfortable, didn't seem to be laboring at all on, on either of his legs. And I know he had that setback in the spring, but it looks like he's beyond that now, yep. so that's great to yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the thing you're looking at is it's a healthy team, and there isn't, as I said when we started, there aren't any of these lingering injury issues like, oh, is this guy going to be 100%? Mm-hmm. Cam looked good. Ryan Day talked about Julian Fleming and how he had one of his best offseason yet. He looks pretty large. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about if, – if I had to line up the wide receivers and say which which of these guys is the potential tight end, it would be Julian mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. over G probably. But mm-hmm. uh, Julian's just a big rocked-up dude. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I just continue to like what I see out of Jaden Bauer, just the way that he moves. It, it's very effortless, very dynamic sort of ease to which he does things. Uh, and I really liked what I saw today out of Mayan Williams. I talked about him on the podcast daily, and I don't think it's really a situation where he can be the starter. But I don't. What I'm trying to say is, you have a couple <laughs> a couple guys that can play a lot of reps at running back, and uh, Mayan just looks like he's finally really shed the the baby weight that he had when he got here. And just looks like a like a totally different guy. Yeah, long way to go though. Uh, but first practice is in the books. First snap judgments from in the Woody after practice is also in the books. We got a lot more coverage coming as always at the podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us in here. That's Burn Bill. I'm Austin. We'll see you next time.